Welcome back to Around the Wheel with Brett Tax. That's me. And today joining me is Alex. Alex is a, a, a new adventure rider up out of Canada. He's only been riding for about a year. And he's gone from a, through a couple different bikes. But the topic of discussion today is one that a lot of riders, in fact, all of us, have to deal with at some point. And that's talking about boots. And it's not the boots that, well, which one's the best boot or which one's the best price. We're talking about dealing with the fact that these things are heavy, they're cumbersome, we can't feel our controls, but we know they're what we're supposed to be using. Alex, let's get started. What do we want to talk about today? What's our topic? Well, mainly, um, I got a new bike. I went from a medium-sized adventure bike, which was the uh, Tiger 850, under duress from my uh, brother-in-law, which bought the <laughs> KTM 1290. Then I had to change my 850 and go with the, the big bike. I had no choice. You know what it is. So, uh, <laughs> no, basically, I just tried that bike, and the KTM is so amazing and fantastic it's awesome and then of course then um winter came around and i had time to shop for boots and i got the cd from uh, after listening to your podcast because uh, those were on my understanding were the the best uh all-around boots as far as uh adventure bikes boots were concerned so i got those and then all of a sudden it was spring and we needed to uh, all put that together and uh, basically uh, figure out uh, the new boots setup, which were brand new. They were like, uh, the first time I rode was like something like the 11th of March or something. And I mean, outside temperature, uh, I guess you guys work in Fahrenheit, right? So uh outside temperature was around like 38 fahrenheit 38 or 40 degrees fahrenheit so it was kind of cold so the boots were new air was cold and it basically i had no movement whatsoever uh as far as uh flexing the feet was concerned and, and these to, were the the cd crossfire threes correct they were they are yeah. yes and, and and for those of you that are listening there's a a huge difference between something like the CD Crossfires or other boots that are that are very hardcore off-road boots versus an adventure boot. You know, obviously the 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 discussion here that that Alex and I are kind of diving into is the challenge of getting away from boots that as most riders would say, well they're the ones that I can walk around in. And when you leave that category of I I can walk around in these boots to the category of these boots are actually going to protect me when I fall down off road or if I set a foot down and they're going to reduce my fatigue when I'm riding up on the pegs, but I can't feel anything. And that's what we're, we're really di- kind of diving into here. So Alex, as, as we're getting into this, you, you mentioned no feel. So what were some of the challenges that you had with those boots and, and what did you try? What, what sort of resolve did you work through? Well, um, I tried to break in the boots first, so I would wear the boots in the house and walk around, which at the beginning was uh, something of an amusement to uh, to my wife, and then it kind of became an annoyment <laughs> because as they would but start the, to... The question, Alex, is it all you were wearing? <laughs> 
I'm not answering that on the. <laughs> on the <laughs> well, I'm just curious. You you said it was an amusement to your wife, so I'm I'm just trying yeah. to draw a picture here. You know. Yeah, <laughs> this is a discussion about the boots, so we'll <laughs> stick with that if you don't mind. <laughs> but basically, yeah, I, I tried to break those in, and um, yeah, at the beginning uh, when they became a little bit more flexible. Then that's when the squeaking started, and and then that became less uh, amusing to her as uh, it kind of a it, it's an annoying sound to hear somebody walking around and go like wink, 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 all the time. Well, so the, basically, the, the rep the rep for CD has told me because Paul Paul and I both uh, really enjoy the CDs, the Crossfire specifically when we're doing uh, advent hardcore you know adventure riding. And the rep told me, as long as they're squeaking, your boots are good. When your boots stop squeaking, there's a problem. So that's that's a takeaway from from CD or at least the rep that we talked to. Well, I guess the those boots are really really good then. <laughs> um, so yeah, I started riding with those, and temperature kind of warmed up because I'm up in Canada, so uh, temperatures. Are a little bit colder and down on where you are, and um, as temperature went up and boots breaking kind of went along, I kind of I got to actually start moving a little bit with the boot, and also to uh, the bike that I bought was used, so the guy must have uh, I think he hit every rock in the path uh, with his uh, foot controls, so <laughs> the, the the brake was bent, the shifter was bent, so. I actually had to use a pipe and put the shifter in in the vise and try to bend it back to something that I would figure would would be like original status. What Alex? What bike are you on? Uh, it's a KTM twelve ninety uh, Super Adventure. Okay, so that's the one you moved over to. And yeah. on the twelve ninety, does it have a lot of the bikes? Like the 798-90, they have a, a pedal that you can unscrew and flip over, so it has a higher shift or, or a higher brake uh, level on it. Does yours have that or is there any adjustments for height on that bike? Unfortunately for as as the shifter is concerned, uh, it's it's just spline on the the shifter shaft. But so on the brake side though, on the, the rear brake. The rear brake is the good news. Uh, actually you've got a a clevis which you can with a rod end that you just unscrew and adjust the height okay. of the foot uh, the foot brake. The foot brake was the easy part. So okay. uh, once it was uh, bent back into shape, I just adjust the, the height to be a little bit lower than the peg. So that would allow me to just scoot my foot over and be able to control the, the brake properly. So uh, after fiddling with the shifter and managing to put it a little bit higher, uh, then, then I became uh, a little bit more proficient with shifting. And uh, also shifting my position on the seat would allow me to get the proper angle to be able to move my foot under and then uh, upshift. However, a downshifting, I, I think I'm developing a, uh, a bad habit because I kind of have to lift my foot off the peg to be able to downshift with it. So that's, that's a part I'd like your opinion on. Well, and I'm glad you brought that up because that was exactly where I was going with this. This is a, a really common challenge for riders, especially guys coming from street riding, 
where they're used to having flexible boots that they can sit on the peg and reach above and below. And what you described is exactly what I would have you do. The shifter, uh, on the shifter side, I would end up setting it, and the way I always uh, adjust it is if I take a, uh, a ruler or something flat and I run it across the foot peg, the factory setting usually will put that directly on top of your shifter. And I usually adjust the shifter high enough that it's just barely on the bottom of the shifter. So it's not a huge adjustment, but it's just enough where you can get that toe underneath it so you can get that upshift because that's the really hard part. Because the correct way to downshift when you have a large, heavy off-road boot is exactly what you're doing, which is to lift my foot and then tap down on the shifter. And I do it on the dirt bike. I do it on the adventure bikes. When I'm set up for serious off-roading and I'm wearing... Uh, hardcore off-road boots like the the CD Crossfire 3s that you're using. And again, I love the Crossfires because although they're noisy, that flex on the ankle makes them more suitable. You can remove that metal toe clip off the front so you're not scarring up your bike. And the shin plate on it can be adjusted in tighter because as adventure riders, we seldom use pants that tuck into our boots. We put pants over the boot. And so those boots become much more suitable for that sort of a a setup. And that's why I like them so much, but you still can't feel anything. The bottom of the boot is extremely solid, which is why you have less fatigue when you're standing up on it, but it's also what makes it harder to walk and harder to feel things. So by just having the bike set up properly, you're doing the exact technique I would have you do. Oh, good. Because, you know, those boots, when you're riding, they provide so much support for the calf and the foot. It's like uh, almost as if if I'm in my living room. I mean, it's 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 very comfortable for that uh, as far as this part is concerned. But yes, uh, they are a little bit uh, on the feeling side. It's not that good. So um, I have to constantly watch uh, the shift indicator to see, you know, did did the gear actually go in or not? So that's... that's... And and another tip uh, on the, the boots, because for those of you that are listening, you may have a different type of boot and there are off-road boots that are molded and there are those with a stitched weld around the edge and and the CDs have that that stitching so there's a little a little piece of the boot that sticks out on the edge and I I really enjoy that because I can also hook the the shifter if I'm not able to get my toe underneath it I can put the edge of the boot right up on the edge of the shifter and I can use that lip to upshift when I was in the dirt bike world you would often have a hook at the heel and you could reach and grab with the heel to do an upshift as well. So whatever it takes to get that shift up or down is feasible. That's what works. And the big thing is to understand and realize once we've moved into these very protective boots, that it's less about feeling and more about how do I set that bike up or how do I modify my technique so I can accomplish this? What we don't want to do is have our toes pointed straight down at the ground trying to get underneath that shifter because that puts it a a point of vulnerability. If we were to catch that toe, or if we happen to fall down right at that exact time, we're in a really bad position for good or bad, depending how you look at it. But the the chances of an injury are are much greater. So definitely having that shifter high where you can do the upshift is is really the, the objective because 
as you've already discovered, downshifts are easy. You just step on it or, or tap yeah, it. Exactly. And I mean, the boots are starting to to get broken in. Uh, they're, they're much easier and much more um, flexible. I, I guess it's one thing is breaking, but the other thing was temperature also. So it's definitely getting more enjoyable to drive the bike because at the beginning it was like uh, like Captain Hook having a, a wooden <laughs> leg and, and you kind of stick the foot out and kind of hope it's gonna, <laughs> when you come to the, the stop sign, you kind of hope it's going to be at the proper place. But I mean, it, it's it's a getting used to, but uh, when, when the... I'm not nowhere there yet, but I'm getting there, and 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 it's getting enjoyable to use those boots actually. And the the other thing you brought up, and you may not even understand why this works so well, is you said the the bike just feels more like you're in control, you're comfortable. One of the things that a lot of riders believe, and I've heard other trainers say, is that you lock in with your knees on the motorcycle. That's how you hold on. And that's actually too high on the bike. We should actually be locking in with the heels. So your boots should be pulled in so tight that you're rubbing the paint off of those frames. And of course, a heavy proper boot allows you to do that better. The knees still touch the bike, but that's not necessarily what's holding you onto it. Those are just index points. Those heavy boots do allow you to have more stability, more comfort, more control when you lock in at that heel. And, and of course, you always want your toes pulled in as well. That's a common error that, that riders will end up flaring the, the toes out, which that also means your knees are pointed in the wrong direction. So you're not indexing, your toes are pointed out. So they're, they're more likely to, to snag something if you're going through brush. But also, again, if you tip down or, or tip over and your toes pointed out, it can grab and then rotate the lower leg and you end up with a very serious, very painful injury. And depending where you are, that can be very life-threatening as well. So definitely toes in, heels locked in as tight to the frame as possible. And then you just index lightly with the knees onto the bike. Okay, that's interesting. Um, like the way I, I ride the boots, my my foot is actually, you're, you are right, I, I'm tucking the knees in, into the bike. But my boots, they're, they're more at the end of the peg and they you did say in one of your videos that you had to have the knees inside, uh, not the knees, but the toes, sorry, pointing in. Yeah, the toes, yep. So basically my heel is, is towards the outside of the peg and my toes are towards the inside of the bike, but I'm not using my heels to, um, to squeeze in any way the bike though. And one of the very early, early methods of, of teaching riders. And we have to think about this when we're riding is that we're going through phases and stages of riding. And often some of the early advice we get or the early coaching we get is temporary. I always, and I've used this on other podcasts and it's just one of my favorite ways to explain learning because I've, you know, I've spent 30 years training riders is when you're teaching a child math, we, we keep it very simple. You know, I hand them three apples and I say, I take three apples away and now there's no apples. But later on, they discover that, you know, we can cut an apple in half. 
well, that concept isn't there at the beginning. And then we start realizing we can owe apples. You know, we all know that when we buy a motorcycle, we don't have enough apples. So they, they loan <laughs> us the apples and we owe them apples in the future. And we got to give them more apples than we, than we borrowed. But these are concepts that when you're first learning math, you can't talk about fractions or negatives. You just have to go, here's three, take away three, there's zero. And as a writer, often if somebody's struggling or they, you're just going through sort of the mechanics to get them into it before we start getting into the whys and hows, which of course is what I really enjoy teaching is the, the whys and hows. So we understand things fully. We will have people point their toes in and then basically pinch with the knees. And what we're really doing is building muscle memory. And the idea is that we're building a memory so the toes don't stick out, but it's not actually a correct writing technique. It's only to build that muscle memory so the toes are pulled in. And then once we get to that, that point where they're more relaxed on the bike and things understand, we pull the heels in, we pull the toes in, and then the knees don't squeeze, but they touch. And if you watch the videos when I'm doing the YouTube stuff, you'll notice that my knees are always touching. I, I don't have my knees hanging off of the bike, but they're touching. They're not squeezing. For one thing, that takes energy. And that's what I, I promote and I teach is how to conserve personal energy. Because when we waste that energy, not only do we get physically fatigued, we get mentally fatigued. And then we start making bad decisions. Our body doesn't do what we want it to do. And that happens at the end of the day, then we get hurt. <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and so my goal is how do we conserve energy so at the end of the day, we always have a reserve? Because that flat tire, that bad weather, something happening is always going to be at the end of the day. So where's your reserve? How do you how do you make it through that safely? And so squeezing that tank, that's burning energy that's not, not necessary. So definitely, if you're still at that early stage where the toes are in, knees are in, but your heels are out, we definitely want to work to the point where those heels and those boots come in flat and tight. So you're, you're holding the bike at the ankle, not the knees. And, okay. and those boots that you have are perfect for that. So I shall endeavor to rub off the paint of the frame uh, at the, the inside of the pegs with the, with the inside of my boots. Then that's, that shall be my next, uh, Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Paul, Paul and I borrowed those uh, Tenere 700s last year and we did a little review on them and we only had the bikes for a couple of weeks. We were doing some of the, the training camps and we didn't do a ton of riding. We did training and we got on the trails and, and enough to get a feel for them. Both of those, those, uh, those bikes that were loaned to us by Yamaha, we had already removed the paint in just that two weeks. Mm -hmm. Just because okay. that's how we, and it's not that we're squeezing with it. We're just that close in on the bike. And of course that makes us safe, but it also gives us that better control. Now on the, so we talked about the left side and how to get the, that shifter adjusted to have it higher, that we can hook it with the weld on the boot for upshifts that properly, if it's high, we're going to step on it or tap on it to, to downshift. On the right side with the brake, did you have any particular challenges or discoveries on the brake side? No, actually, it was uh, as I said, it was the easy part, uh, getting the the brake pedal down a little bit, and afterwards, at the beginning, it was really too high, so I actually had to lift my foot before to put it on the pedal. So what that was a, um, I guess, it was a safety issue because uh, if I needed to apply brakes uh, rapidly, then that would definitely put a delay, especially if you don't feel anything. 
but uh, the way I adjusted it, it's uh, it's working fine now, actually. Fantastic. And, and this is one of those challenges for a lot of bikes is there's usually very little or no adjustment on, on that right side that you can play around with the plunger or the stop a little bit. But for the most part, there's not a lot of adjustment on the rear, the rear brake. Certainly you can buy a step for them. Uh, on some of the bikes, they'll have a, and your old Triumph had this. And also uh, my old uh, 1200 GS had this, where on the on the back side or on the left side of that brake pedal, there's kind of a metal piece that sticks up that keeps your boot from sliding inside. And I often would take those and bend them just slightly out from the motorcycle. And that would allow me when I was standing on the pegs to be able to catch that high point. And when I was sitting on the bike, then I was able to just use the lower, the lower brake pedal, you know, the actual spot where the, they intend us to use it. So there are some modifications to do that. The other consideration to have, you know, again, thinking about boots and, and how this works is because we don't have that, that toe is there's two basic riding positions for your feet. And that's either balls of your feet. So you're, you're just sitting uh, where your, your toes are just on the other side of the peg. And the advantage of this, of course, is the heel is behind. You can drop the heel to relax, but also you can, you can flex up. You're not going to accidentally hit the gear shift. You're not going to accidentally drag the brake. But that also means, as you've mentioned, there's a delay of getting from that foot peg to the brake. So if I'm going through a really technical section, or, or let's just say I'm riding through a, a bunch of really nasty mud or sand or slush, and I'm on the brakes on and off a lot, especially the rear brake where I may be using it for controlling attitude of the motorcycle or, or slide. So I want to be over that brake. I end up riding midfoot. So I don't ride on the balls of the feet. I end up riding uh, center of the boot. But I can't really be forward. So I have to kind of rock the boot back just slightly. Again, these really heavy boots like what you have are great because you can rock them back. And inside the boot, you're resting against the, the shin. And that gives you support inside while the, the foot is rocked back so that it's hovering above those controls. And then you're able to, to immediately be on that brake, but you're not risking dragging it. And on a an adventure boot or a more street bias boot. The problem with that is there's so much flex in the boot that you end up with a lot of fatigue in there and you can't do that as long as comfortable. So just another, another tip to think about as we're buying boots and looking at boots and trying to adapt to these, these more appropriate heavy protection boots, as opposed to the adventure boots, which essentially just are a, a decorative street touring boot. And I, of course, I use both like, like so many people, depending on what kind of trip I'm going on and, and what kind of risk I'm, I'm taking or, or assuming I'll be taking. Okay. Well, you know, that's, uh, that's an interesting uh, prospect. Uh, I've been mainly riding on the road and I didn't get to ride uh, a lot off-road actually, but with the brake position that's been lowered, yeah, that. And I don't have that step that you said that you would bend. Yeah, I think uh, that the brake might be a little bit uh, far down, actually. Yeah, from yeah. from a standing position, that's usually when we end up 
in trouble, you know, with the big yeah. boots is just, we can't get to that rear brake cause it's so low and we don't have that ankle flex that we're accustomed to. So a modification now, Altrider is a, a company out of Seattle, Washington in the USA, and they make a, a really nice step where it's a, you know, a lot of the, you know, there's a lot of companies that make these brake extenders on the the rear brake. And I'm not a fan of those. I don't like the big brake extenders because they stick out when the bike falls down, there's more leverage. I, I've seen a lot of things, especially on the KTMs where they use a formed cast aluminum instead of pressed steel, where they'll create enough leverage to snap that rear brake lever. And so I do like the smaller foot, but on that alt rider they have a an inner step that raises up. In fact, I on my old 1200GS, I had a no-name off of eBay that I found that did the same thing where it had just this inner step on the left side of that rear brake pedal that would allow me to grab it with the toe when I was standing. So that's certainly something to, to consider when you get start doing more off-road when standing becomes something that you need to do more often because, of course... When things are nasty and scary, mud, sand, dirt, deep holes, or or anything that that just makes you go, uh-oh, that's when we stand up. <laughs> so we definitely want yeah. that bike set up for those aggressive, more potentially dangerous situations rather than the comfortable situations where we can sit or just cruise around. Okay, yeah. Uh, I'll definitely look at the, into, uh, what's the name of the company again? So the, the company that I mentioned was Altrider. I'll try here. And they're they're a US company based out of Seattle. And there's certainly other companies that make very similar products. And and I'm not specifically endorsing any one company. It's just that's uh, a product that's on my 1200 GS that I know works very well and isn't significantly oversized. And then they have a about an appropriate rise and step on it. So it's kind of a really neat little product. Okay. Perfect. Um, well, Alex, I really appreciate you meeting up with me and, and coming on the, the podcast here and, and chatting and sharing your experiences with others, both your discoveries, uh, your challenges, your your tribulations, all the, all the things that you've gone through. And of course, that's what this podcast is all about. It's about helping other riders, sharing information, and uh, and just keeping, keeping the good vibes going. Yeah, the pleasure was uh, all mine. All of you for that were listening, thanks again for joining us. And remember, smile while you ride. And it's not when things are going well. It's when everything's going horrible. That's the time you need to smile because attitude matters.